Alright, we're going to start off with the Ecclesiastes prayer, which is on the front of your notebook, worship book things. Uh, okay, you guys can read along with me. Lord, give us life as we seek you and your kingdom with a whole heart, as we attempt to fear you and keep your commandments. Let our life be found in Christ, led by the Holy Spirit as we walk in the arena of God's great mysteries. A good name is better than precious ointment, and the day of death than the day of birth. It is better to go in the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting. For this is the end of all mankind, and the living will lay it to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by sadness of face the heart is made glad. The heart of the wise is the house of mourning, but the heart of the fools is in the house of mirth. Ecclesiastes 7, 1 through 4. Now, before I start, I'll let you know that the sermon is short today, but don't view that as she just gave up. I kept trying to go back and add more because I was like, this feels too short. And every time I did, I feel like the Holy Spirit would keep saying, I don't need you to ring this out for them. (laughs) That the truth of the scripture is the truth of the scripture and I don't need to be the one to explain every word. So enjoy. In our world, both local and global, our reputations matter. Our businesses, entertainment, schools, friendships, our aspects of our lives where the reputations we carry matter and affect how well we do and how well people respond to us. They affect how we respond to others no one wants to go to a restaurant with a reputation for making people sick no one wants to hang out with a person that has a reputation for being a liar or a cheat do you ever think about your reputation do you know what your reputation is no one has ever probably told you a hundred percent of what it is because most people are never going to say to you oh so and so says you're always demanding but we all have a general idea of our reputations I know that most people assume the Tinsley family is never late because we tend to always arrive early to everything. We have a reputation for being on time and reliable because we are on time. I struggle with the idea of what other people think about me and always have. I would wager that I am not the only one listening that struggles with what people think about me. I spent years controlling what people thought of me and carefully crafting versions of myself to fit into boxes I knew people needed and wanted to fit me into. It worked for a long time, and I was able to convince people around me that these versions of myself were the real me. It created a lot of problems for me internally. I had to constantly wrestle with myself about sacrifices of who I truly was to make myself fit. If we look back over our years on this earth, I am positive that we all have moments where we decided to sacrifice our true selves to be someone that to be someone who wanted someone else wanted us to be. I remember desperately telling a friend once in high school that everyone had to like me because what if at the end of my life all I had was someone else's opinion of me? My reputation was all that would be left. On one hand, it is easy to become obsessed with what others think of us and elevated above all other things and focus on what the world thinks of us. To take the importance of a reputation and make it about being the version that is well-liked, even if it isn't the truth of yourself. 
How do we look at this section of scripture and not get caught in a web of self-importance? If scripture says a good name is better than precious ointment and the day of death than the day of birth, our good names are more uh, more important than precious oil and that on the day of our death, all we will have is our good or bad name. We won't be able to ever truly know how the world perceives us because once the final judgments are made, we are gone. At the beginning of Ecclesiastes, we talked about what it means to be meaningless and the value that actually exists in the vapor. In a few generations, I am nothing more than a name and a family tree, but the person I am and the things I do will hold lasting effects on generations to come. We matter, to, we matter in the way vapors do, because if you think about how vapors exist, they hover around mostly unseen and not felt, but they are there. The imprint of our reputation follows our families for generations to come. We know this is true because if you think of family scandals, they are stories that are handed around like chips at a party. We all carry burdens, scars, joys, strengths, and weaknesses of our family trees. What vapors are we leaving behind us? What reputations are we weaving through the stories we will leave behind? We won't attend our funerals. We won't know what our loved ones have to say about us after we are gone. And they don't have to face a continued relationship with us. We cannot dictate our good names. Our good names are dependent on the people that speak them after we leave. That is what this is saying. And no one hates a baby. Anyone can hate you on your deathbed. Building and keeping our good names is hard. We live fighting against the world to earn the reputation we want. A good reputation in the world doesn't equal a good reputation in the mouths that that love us. God, God calls us apart. He asks us to love and give in a different way. How do we do that? I don't know because, again, we live in the tug and pull of now and not yet. It is better to go into the house of mourning than to go into the house of feasting. For this is the end of all mankind, and the living will lay it to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by sadness of of face the heart is made glad. The commentator William P. Brown said this, Joy joy that is not born of sorrow is artificial. I understand this statement on a level so deep that it could be made up in the marrow that runs through my bones. Joy and hope are hard for me. Sorrow, I get. But I also know that I understand joy and hope because of sorrow. I know that that as hard as it may be when walking through the tough times, God's promises are always true. If all I have to hold on to at the end of my life is that I will enter the house of God, that will be enough. That isn't said lightly. There are plenty of days in our lives when we cling to those promises and cry that they aren't enough to get us through. But they are because he is. We will rejoice after our last breath. Our house of mourning is our house of feasting. Our last breath leads us to our eternal joy. The question being posed here is, is it better to spend our days on this earth searching for the feasting or preparing for our mourning? The picture that this paints for me is two people, one living their life thinking only of themselves and their pleasure. They take whatever they can and whatever they want now, but it's hollow. There isn't substance behind it. The the other person 
living their life is trying and not afraid because they know that their life is not their own. They have all the substance backing them because their choices are rooted in the cross. The challenge is, though, that preparing for the house of mourning doesn't look like what I want it to. I want it to mean that I can curl up under a blanket and weep until the end because nothing matters. Preparing for our house of mourning looks like living our lives with meaning to the fullest we can, giving and trying for all that is in front of us. We have nothing to fear because we know our end. The heart of the wise is in the house of the morning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. We should not long to be fools, but long for wisdom. A fool prepares and lives for the moment. A wise man prepares for the future while living in the now. So what are you preparing for, now or eternity? We live in an instant world where you can post a photo and immediately the worth and value of what you did and who you are is determined in a few seconds by how many likes you get. We can post any opinion we want and get flocks of people to agree or disagree immediately. It's hard to see past it and fight your way through to the truth, but the truth is a huge overwhelming image. The truth is Jesus. It is easy to get caught up in instant gratification of this world. The temporary joys that feed the flesh, because, like I said, it is hard to sometimes sit in the sorrows of today. Tomorrow isn't promised. The end of today isn't even promised. What is promised is the saving grace of Jesus and eternity with him.